You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, Episode 90. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, President of Advisor Solutions. Do you consider yourself an effective leader? Whether you're responsible for leading your clients, an assistant, a staff, an entire team, a branch, or even a region, having the skill sets to be an effective leader is important because it will not only make you more productive, but it will have a positive effect on others. But has anyone ever taught you how to be an effective leader? Most likely, they haven't. And if so, know this. You are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers don't understand the importance of being an effective leader. And they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they've never really viewed the topic of leadership and how to become an effective leader as merely a set of skill sets that you can sharpen at any time. Instead, most people don't give the topic much thought. So what do you do? You have two choices. You can keep doing what you're doing. You're going to keep getting what you're getting. Or you could learn the seven skill sets to becoming an effective leader. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What it takes to become an effective leader and how effortless leading can actually be. So, if you're ready to understand how to be an effective leader, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how to be an effective leader? Well, think of it this way. Have you ever worked for an an ineffective leader? You know, somebody who seems to be stressed out, critical, high pressure, and maybe even angry all the time. Or have you ever worked with someone who might be like that, who's your CPA, your attorney, or your doctor? Well, if so, you know that it's not fun to be around people like that, much less work with or for people like that. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast today, because I want you to understand that if you have a process for being better at the skill sets that it takes to connect with others while leading, then leading is actually simple. In fact, it can be fun. And those that you lead, even your client base, will be having more fun as well. So what we're going to do today is cover three things in this podcast. First, understanding your leadership role so that you're aware of who you're leading. Second, the seven skill sets of an effective leader so that you understand what works and why. And third, the secret to being a great leader so that you can be more productive. Now, before we jump into those three things that we're going to cover in this podcast, I need to ask you a few questions. What would your business be like and your life be like if you were a great leader? Would you feel energized? Would you feel empowered? Would you like your business more? And would you apply what you learned? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. Understanding your leadership role. 
So you might be wondering if this podcast is right for you. You might not have a staff, an assistant, or you may have an assistant that you share with another person, or two, or three. If that's the case, you might be questioning your role as a leader. But let me assure you that if you are a financial advisor, insurance agent, or wholesaler, you are a leader. The reason is because regardless of how many people you actually manage, you're managing your client base. Now think about that. These people, your clients, have entrusted you to lead them to reach their financial goals. Your clients might want to retire comfortably. They might want to make sure that their family is taken care of if they don't make it to retirement. And if you're a wholesaler, the advisors and agents that you work with, well, they're looking to you to lead them to the right products for their clients. Also, in some cases, they're looking to you as an expert to help their clients understand why your products are the solution to their challenges. So, what is your role as a leader? Let's find out. Your role as a leader. Being a leader of anyone, whether it's an employee, staff, or clients, is not an easy thing to be. That's why it's so important to understand what your role is and what your role is not. Let's go over what the role of an effective leader is. An effective leader is to be decisive, not indecisive. To be a great communicator, not confusing. To be a great motivator, not demotivating. To be a great listener, not unwilling to listen. To be a great delegator, not try to do everything yourself. To be trusting of others, and not be micromanaging others. To make others' jobs and lives a little bit easier, not a little bit harder. Now, I'm barely scratching the surface when I talk about these things that your role actually is and is not. But the point is, your role as a leader, it's really the type of leader that you want to follow. And it's the type of leader that others should want to follow. And let that sink in. To be the type of leader that you would follow, well, does that mean that you have to to do everything correctly? No. Does it mean that you have to do everything yourself? No. Does it mean that you need to do nothing at all? No. Does it mean that you have to view leading as an essential part of what you do? Yes. It means that you have to view leading as something that can help others. You see, you lead. And when you effectively lead others, you help others want to follow you. So skill sets will help you to be an effective leader. But what skill sets do you think you need to be very effective when leading others? Well, that is what we're going to talk about next. The seven skill sets of an effective leader. In order to get better at anything, you need to improve your skill sets. Whether it's a hobby or a profession, it's important to know what those skill sets actually are. Over the past 30 plus years in the financial services industry and 20 years coaching 
financial advisors and insurance agents, I've noticed certain skill sets that are in all great leaders that I've worked with. Now, they may be better at some of these skill sets than others, as you most likely are too. One example might be, you might be great at communicating. You're a great communicator, not a great listener. But one thing is for sure, that if you focus on getting better at these seven skill sets, you will be a more effective leader. Now, each one of the seven that I will go over in just a second are equally as important as the others. And as a result, they are in no particular order. So let's go over the first skill set. Skill set number one, communication. Let's face it, if you can't communicate what you need from others, from your team, your staff, and even clients, then you are most likely constantly having miscommunication. If that's the case, those that you manage or lead will most likely not feel connected at all. Instead, they may feel confused. That's why it's so important to have communication and to be an effective communicator and have an effective communication style that covers a number of different, what I refer to as, sub-skill sets, such as things like the ability to communicate clearly, concisely, and tactfully, as well as strategically. In addition, one of the things that great leaders do when they communicate what they want out of others is that they explain why they want it. Take Matt D. That's not his real name. A 30-plus year financial advisor and coaching client of mine that had a lot of assets under management, a lot of clients, a lot of headaches. He had a team of assistants for years but there would always seem to be pushback from the team when he would ask them to do something or improve on the way they were doing anything. He would request something to be done in a certain way, and he would instantly hear one of the team members or more than one of the team members tell him why they didn't want to do it that way. So we worked on his communication style, and what we did was map out a formula which was like this, request plus delegation, plus reason, plus commitment. Now let me go over that again. Request, plus delegation, plus reason, plus commitment. So it would sound something like this. Quote, Going forward, I'd like to have each of our top clients get a birthday card sent to them on their birthday. Ashley, please get a list of clients' birthdays by month and by day. Set up a schedule for yourself in the CRM to check the list each Monday and send out a signed card so that the clients know we care about them. What I'll do, I will sign a number of cards so you have them and you'll have them ahead of time so that you have a stack of birthday cards and you never run out. Oh, and when you send them out, please put a to-do on my calendar to call them on their birthday and that way they know that we care for them even more. Does all of this make sense? Unquote. And here's what this does, this communication style. Number one, it clarifies what you want. Number two, it clarifies who is performing the task. Number three, it clarifies how the task is going to get done. Number four, it clarifies why the task needs to get done. Number five, it clarifies that the person who will perform the task 
understands what the task is. So we focused on this type of communication for several weeks in each weekly session, and it didn't take long before he stopped having any type of pushback from the team. Instead, they took ownership of what was delegated to them, and oftentimes during the team meetings, Matt would ask them to give the team an update on how the task was going and what type of feedback they had and what type of feedback they were getting from the clients. In addition, he started thanking team members for a job well done. And get this, as a result, it made everyone on the team feel connected. Let's go to the second skill set. Skill set number two, active listening. When you think of a great leader, do you picture someone who never listens to the feedback from others? Or do you picture someone who is actively listening to what others are saying and takes the time to actually hear them out? I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. Great leaders listen. And they actually show others that they're not just listening to think about what they're going to say next, but they're actually listening so that they can truly understand the other person's point of view. In fact, they do what's called active listening. So the basic definition of active listening is focused, engaged, and respectful listening. This means that you're paying full attention and not multitasking, looking at your phone, staring at your computer, staring off into space, or waiting to give your opinion. And when someone actively listens, they acknowledge the speaker, through nonverbal cues, such as eye contact and nodding. Then, when the speaker is done talking, they ask clarifying questions and paraphrasing what they've heard, just to make sure that they fully understood. You see, active listening includes several different examples. Here's just a few. Asking a follow-up question to the speaker on a point that they made at the beginning of the conversation even if they don't agree with that point. Here's another one. Listening to the staff member explaining their opinion without interrupting. Here's another one. Hiding your self-view on Zoom and looking directly at the speaker while they're talking. What about this? Pausing. Pausing before responding to the speaker to gather your thoughts and react to what they say. See, this shows the other person that you heard them. Or what about this? Repeating back what the speaker said to you to see if you're actually right. Did you understand them clearly? What that'll do is that'll actually reduce miscommunication and create a connection. Oh, and what about saying what I refer to as acknowledgement statements while the speaker is talking? So you're saying, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, oh, I get it. Things like that. Let's face it. If you can't listen to those that you're leading, why would they want to follow you? And how much will they really respect your leadership? See, one example of a great leader is a a guy that I know, Todd, a 15-year financial advisor client of mine who took listening to a whole other level by asking the team to, to actually write down the top three ways that the team could be more effective. Then... He had each team member explain their thoughts and the reasons why they thought it would work. And finally, he took all of their ideas into consideration, asked additional questions, had the other team members ask questions as well, and then 
He created new policies for the team. Now, he didn't use every single idea, but he did use a lot of them. And the team members felt heard. Also, they had ownership in their ideas working out. And that is what active listening is all about. So if you want to be a great leader, you have to learn how to be actively listening. Let's go to the third skill set. The third skill set, decisiveness. It goes without saying that if you want to be a great leader, you have to make decisions. Effective leaders make decisions quickly. But they make them with information, information that they have on hand. But here's the thing. I've found that effective decision-making comes with time and experience. And if you can learn from your mistakes, you'll be better off. And you'll make better decisions in the future. Decisiveness, it seems to me, is seen as a valuable leadership skill because it can help move your business to the next level. And it reminds me of a client that I had in 2006 when I started my very first Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program. Laura, that's not a real name, was a former assistant who became a, a financial advisor in the same office that she had been working in for seven years. She had only been in the business when I started working with her. She had only been in for a year as a financial advisor. And she told me that her biggest challenge was that none of the other advisors wanted to help her succeed. They just didn't care. And that she felt lost as a financial advisor and didn't know what to do. In other words, she was questioning every decision she was trying to make. So I had her join the very first group coaching session in the very first group that I ever did. And I called it the Advisor Solutions Women's Only Group Coaching Program. And she was quickly surrounded by a group of women who soon became mentors to her. And over time, she started applying the recommendations that they gave to her, as well as all of the Advisor Solutions tools and techniques that we worked on each week. And she was getting success. In addition, her experience and expertise grew as well. As a result, she was able to make clear, confident decisions, even in the midst of daily chaos, because she knew that if she was right or wrong, she had the information and she wasn't afraid to pull the trigger. So, if you want to get better at your decision-making skill sets, here's how. First, don't give in to fear. Fear will only stop you from being decisive. Also, avoid overanalyzing. Too much information can be a form of procrastination. Also, set a deadline. This will help you to not procrastinate. And clear your head. <laughs> Some of the best business decisions are outside of the office. Another thing to do is limit your options. It'll help you make a decision quicker. And seek help from others. This is where I come in. <laughs> also, ditch perfection. Remember, trying to be perfect is not perfect. So, if you want to be decisive, you have to practice making decisions. Let's go to the fourth skill set. Skill set number four, conflict resolution. One of the toughest things about being a leader is the art of conflict resolution. And to do it in 
in the form of diplomacy. Conflicts in the workplace are inevitable. It's going to happen. And, as you probably know, I've been coaching advisors and agents since 2004. So, for 20 years, I've had the pleasure of getting to know what I consider great leaders in the financial services industry. And, one of the things that all of these people have in common is that at some point, there's conflict in their team, in their branch, in their office, or even in their region. Conflict can happen when ideas and values and opinions collide. When this happens, you need a process, a process to resolve these conflicts before they get out of hand and they cause real damage to your business. Let me tell you a quick story about a wholesaler, actually two wholesalers, that I worked with years ago. It reminds me of what happened years ago when I was, a, when I was coaching an outside wholesaler. His boss wanted me to coach him to get better at connecting with advisors, financial advisors, that is. They were actually a small money manager, but with a good track record, and the coaching helped. So his boss had me coach the inside wholesaler, and again, the coaching helped because business picked up, and their boss, who hired me, he was pretty happy. The only problem was the two guys I was coaching were not happy with their boss. He had a terrible management style. It was one of the, the styles that I call my way or the highway when it comes to conflict resolution. So one day, my clients called me and they said, hey, we decided to quit on the same day. My guess is, is that the money manager probably hired another wholesaler and an inside wholesaler as well, but never really learned his lesson. His lesson that in order to be a great leader, you have to resolve conflicts. Conflict isn't really a bad thing necessarily. In fact, it often resolves issues that might escalate, like for him. But if you have a conflict, you're going to want to keep the following things in mind. Responding calmly when others are upset. Being patient, actively listening like I talked about before, and not jumping to conclusions. Another thing to do is don't let conflicts fester, but addressing them as quickly as possible. Another one is setting fair and specific parameters. When involved parties, the two people that are at conflict, are getting heated up. And make sure you stick to your policies so that you don't favor one person and not the other. So as you can tell, conflict resolution is a skill set that if you work on it, it can actually make your life and their lives easier. Let's go to the fifth skill set. Skill set number five, vision. If a leader doesn't know where they're going, then they most likely will end up in the wrong place. That's why it's so important to develop the skill set of vision so that you can help others understand what success looks like. Also, to be able to articulate your vision clearly and passionately ensures your team understands how their individual roles can affect the success. In other words, each person will feel like they are actually contributing to success because they are. 
One of the best examples of this is Richard. That's not his real name. A financial advisor with over a decade in the business that manages a large team. At the beginning of 2023, he was referred to me by by the training department of his firm. He explained that they managed over $2.2 billion and that they wanted to have a way to get more referrals from clients. You see, the vision was that he was going to have a system for getting referrals. He just didn't know what the system was. And the reality is that within six months, he and the team asked over 83% of the client base for referrals. Get this, 47% of the time that they asked for a referral, they got a referral. What that translated into was getting an extra $120 million in new assets within six months. He did some of the fundamental things as a leader that work and that will work for you, such as this. Number one, he hired me. <laughs> now, that might sound a little egotistical, but it literally worked. He hired me, and that way I could show him the process. Number two, he got the team on board so that they knew the vision. Number three, we had weekly group coaching sessions to learn tools and techniques that work. Number four, we had a bi-monthly accountability coaching session to talk about what they were doing and not doing. Number five, we had bi-monthly goals. So every two weeks, we made sure, we charted it, we made sure if somebody was hitting the goals or not. Number six, we charted the entire process on an Excel spreadsheet. Number seven, we role-played all possible tactical situations and strategies to be ready for everything. And with this leadership and my coaching, he and the team did something most of his peers will never do and have never done, which is to approach their business vision together and have fun while doing it. Let's go to skill set number six. Skill set number six, delegation. Great leaders are not great at doing everything. When was the last time that you heard of a restaurant owner who was also the cook, the server, the dishwasher, the host, and did the books at the end of the night? It's because they hire people to run the restaurant. You see, if, you, if you're stuck on a production plateau, it could very well be that you either are not delegating, don't have somebody to delegate to, or don't know how to delegate tasks to other people. It's a common problem. I know firsthand how important it is to delegate. Let me explain what I mean. Years ago, when I was a rookie financial advisor, I had an assistant. Her name is Sue. And she was assigned to me, but assigned to six other rookies at the time, who basically worked with me in the other offices. And I think three of them were out of the business within a year or so. Anyway, about four years went by, and I was working on something one day, when one of my colleagues that didn't have her as an assistant asked me what I was doing. When I explained, he said, quote, that's Sue's job. Have her do it, unquote. This led me down a path to understanding that I and others were doing a lot of her job and that in order to free up my time, I was going to have to own my time and I was going to have to stop being my own assistant. So I found out what her actual role was 
and we discussed what I would delegate to her from then on and what I would be doing. And that freed up a lot of my time to prospect and grow my business. You see, if delegation is a challenge for you, remember this. Great leaders know their roles. Great leaders know their assistants' role. Great leaders don't do their assistants' job. Great leaders delegate everything that other people can do to free up time to do the things that they alone can only do. In other words, if you want to be a great leader, you have to get great at delegating and letting go and figuring out what do I do and only I can do and what can other people do. Delegate the rest. Let's go to skill set number seven. Skill set number seven, coaching. One of the biggest pleasures that I get out of being a coach is that I get to teach my clients how to coach others. You see, great leaders inspire, lead by example, and coach others to greatness. If you want to stand out as a leader, simply coaching others to greatness will do that. And here's why. Most leaders are busy and don't find the time, or make the time, I should say, to invest in their team by making coaching and mentoring a part of their leadership style. But here's what happens when you do make coaching and mentoring a part of your leadership style. Number one, you duplicate your success in others. Number two, you clone your processes. Number three, you watch others feel the joy of succeeding. Number four, you create loyalty. Number five, their success is your success. And that's just scratching the surface. In fact, when my client's team gathered $120 million in new assets in six months, the entire team was excited about it, not only about the accomplishment and the vision of success, but in knowing how to ask for and get referrals. They got it. So if you want to learn how to lead your team to success, and you want to have me coach you and your team, and we'll do that. Also, many of my individual clients have coached their junior advisor on their own, and you can too. Well, by now, you probably feel like you drank from a fire hose. We covered seven skill sets of being an effective leader, which means we covered seven different topics. But what is the one secret, the one secret to being a great leader? Well, that is what we're going to cover next. The secret to being a great leader. So I said we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, understanding your leadership role. Check. We did that. Second, the seven skill sets of an effective leader. Check. We did that too. Now what we're going to talk about is the secret to being a great leader so that you can be more productive. In a recent coaching session, John, and that's not his real name, a five-year veteran financial advisor client of mine, explained that his new additional role of being in a partnership with his father-in-law was adding some new challenges. He was now in charge of a team. And, in effect, 
He had gone from managing his own book of clients, having one assistant, to being a team, being in a team, with his father-in-law, co-managing a number of his father-in-law's clients, as well as a half-dozen staff members. His question was simple, but not easy. He asked, quote, How do you become a great leader? Unquote. Well, the answer partially lies in developing your skill sets, and unfortunately, there's, there's plenty of skill sets that we didn't cover and we won't be able to cover today. It also lies in the secret to becoming a great leader, which is this. Great leaders help their people get success. That's it. If you focus on helping your people, whether it's your, your clients, your assistant, your junior advisor, an entire team, whoever, if you help them succeed by leading them to success, then you succeed. Now, part of this is to figure out where they aren't having success yet and why. And you can do that by doing this. Number one, reviewing with them what is working and what is not. Number two, understanding where their weaknesses are. Number three, coaching or mentoring them to turn their weaknesses into strengths. Number four, encouraging them when they achieve milestones all along the way. Number five, helping them to coach others. It's a great leadership style. You see, the reason I'm telling you this is because I want you to embrace this secret and help others to succeed. It's what I've done over the years, for the last 20 years of coaching. And one of the biggest joys that I get is helping my clients to succeed. In fact, it's what has kept me coaching advisors, agents, and wholesalers for 20 years as of this recording. And I want to help you too. If you're ready to learn how to get to the next level, then email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And just write in the subject line, let's talk, and a little bit about some of the challenges that you're going through. And I'll reply and we'll set up a time to have a free coaching session. Because if you do, you'll start the process of getting camaraderie, connections, and ancillary learning that you've probably always needed. Also, I will lead you to success so that you can help others that you lead learn how to succeed. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program or the Advisor Solutions Individual Coaching Programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time.